Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What a great story from from, uh, the 16th chapter of Exodus. Um, It's a great story after we've had our fill of soup and bread and things like that, right? Um, That's kind of how I'm feeling right now. I... Uh, I was thinking we only had one person sign up for soup and then all of a sudden we had three totals. That was something great. Um, It's something that we do a lot though is that we tend to worry about things. Do we not? We tend to forget who it is that is watching over us, who it is that provides for us and what he has promised to do in providing for us. Picture all the things that had happened leading up to this point when the congregation of Israel grumbled against Moses and against Aaron when they realized that all the provisions they had brought from the land of Egypt, all the things they thought that would last them until they would get where they were going, ran out. Um, In fact, it's worse than that. I mean, they ran out But it's not like they were out for several days. This was right when everything was gone. And um, I I, um, went to go see someone today uh, and shared with them this text and preached them a little bit about it. And they said, it's worse than that, Pastor. They just, they weren't even hungry yet. (laughs) They weren't even hungry yet before they started grumbling. But that's how quickly... Worry and doubt can spread amongst a great group of people. That when people start to get concerned, when someone gets, gets concerned and they, they get anxious, then it goes down one to the next to the other. And before you, ha- before you know it, you have a whole bunch of people who are dabbling in, well, idolatry in some sense, in worry and anxiety in not believing that God would provide for them. Picture all the things that these people had seen up to this point. The plagues in Egypt. Uh, Not only that, they, they, they had the Passover where God spared them, right? And what they're saying here is that would that we had died by the hand of the Lord. It's like, Lord, do you remember that time when you killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt? Why didn't you do that to us? Because that would be better than this right here. It would be better than having to worry. It would be better than having to be uh, concerned about scarcity. I wish that I was dead, basically. It's horrible. Not only that, when they were in pursuit by Pharaoh and his men and his chariots, they were about to be consumed by the enemy. He saved them by drowning them in the Red Sea. He delivered his people. He did magnificent works, leading them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and yet they still don't get it. They still don't believe that God will provide for them. In some sense, we can have some hindsight and security looking back and saying, what is wrong with them? What is wrong with them that they would look back and say, will you provide for us, God? Would that we were dead. I wish that I was still a slave. At least I'd be full. 
But how often do we do that? How often do we forget what God has done for us in something that was even more miraculous in sending his son to die for us and then be raised from the dead so that we could live forever? How often do we forget? How often do we grumble and wonder about if God is going to take care of us? And if it's not taking care of us by food or drink, it's taking care of us by health, uh, making ends meet, um, whether or not you know, we're making good choices in this, that, or the other, or whether or not we are going to see the end of whatever madness is going on in our land, that we tend to grumble and say, Lord, this is just too bad. I wish that I was just not here, right? And that's a nice way of saying, I wish that I were dead, right? That may be a little harsh, but to not live the life that God has given you is to avoid carrying the cross that he has placed upon your shoulders. For the people at this time and place that God led out of slavery, they were grumbling because their cross was a little hunger, a little waiting time before God would do what he knew needed to be done. That it's amazing, in fact, it's almost like Jesus when he marvels at the unbelief of the people in his hometown, I would imagine that God was marveling at them that before he could even address their hunger, they began to complain and to grumble and to not believe in him. What a marvelous response in the worst kind of way that Jesus in the New Testament to see when he marvels at people, it's either for their faith or for how much they don't believe. And, if he, and, and he was there right there. I shouldn't say if. The Lord, the Son, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit were there with his people at this time providing for them and I'm sure that he was marveling then too. Again, in the worst possible way. So then the Lord does something that is great. And it, he does something to glorify himself. That he manifests his glory to show the people that they are, that they are not abiding in him. He manifests his glory in the cloud, in the wilderness, apart from them. To show that I'm out here and you're over here. It should have been a wake-up call for the people that they would see that the Lord was no longer where he had promised to be, but now was over here in the desert where they were not, and showing that he was going to go even further and say, regardless of your grumbling, I'm still going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. And he provides for them in a great way, but in a way that was still not quite to their liking. He provided them quail um, at night, quail at twilight, and manna, the bread from heaven, in the morning. And yet, it still wasn't to their liking because he told them, do not keep this for the next day. I will give you all that you need. And when they measured it out and some would keep some more because they still didn't trust in him, 
it bred worms and stank. And this is to teach us that day by day, God's grace is shown to us in that we have a place to live. We have um, provisions for us. We have food and drink, house and home, land, animals, and all that we have. He gives us each day our daily bread. And this is not really for any of our doing, but only out of his divine fatherly goodness shown to us by making sure that we don't go hungry, that we don't need, that we don't want or have anxiety, or at least we shouldn't have any cause to. In this land, we are truly blessed that we can live so abundantly that that during Lent, we can come and have ice cream. Oh, goodness. Um, I didn't have any tonight, just so you know. But um, that is to say that uh, God does give us everything that we need. And yet when we take more because we don't trust him, when we say, Lord, that's not enough, I need more when he knows you don't, what else can it do but stink? What else can it do but just decay and go bad? How often do we throw away rotten food? moldy bread, cans that expire because we don't use them. How often do we do this because we wind up getting just a little bit more at the grocery store than what we need, just in case? I'm not saying that preparing and planning is a bad idea, but I am saying that if you have a whole lot of things that you don't need, you're taking up a lot of space that winds up breeding worms and stinking up the place. So when we hear this story, when we learn about what God has done for us, we learn that he takes care of us in body and soul. We learn that he loves us not just for our salvation. He does not only give Jesus Christ in his body so that we would be saved and that our bodies mean nothing at all, but that he gives us daily bread daily food, daily provisions, so that we would know in the very least that he loves us in that way. And yet even still, he goes above and beyond in showing us that he loves us in our souls, in the completeness of who we are as his children, that he would give us his son to die for us, and not only that, to feed us with his word, with his body and his blood, that when we gather, we are literally fed within our mouths bread and wine, the body and blood of Christ, so that if, you're at, so that if whatever you heard causes you to doubt, you can literally taste and see that the Lord is good. When you hear the body of Christ, take, drink the blood of Christ, you say, yes. You say, thanks be to God, for I know that God loves me over and above whatever I could ever think or dream of. In all this, he strengthens us to have trust in him, to trust that he will provide for body and soul, that we would, that we would be given our daily bread 
from God our Father, not with grumbling, but with, but with, with thanks and praise. He knows what we need, and he will provide. During Lent, if you have decided to fast in some way, let us put more trust in Christ who cares for us in body and soul. Let us, when we do abstain from a food or from some activity or something else that is otherwise good for us, but even better to abstain from for a time, that we would trust that God would strengthen us, that we would not grumble, and that the next time we would taste of that good thing, we would give him thanks and praise. That in all this, we would gather up what we need by what he provides to rest in him. That in our Sabbath days, every day is a Sabbath in Jesus Christ. We celebrate the Sabbath on a special day, that is the day when he rose from the dead. But every day is truly a Sabbath when we abide in God's word when we rest not only from our labors, but from our sins through the perfect and, perfect and righteous and holy good works of Jesus done for us. He does all things for our good, and we should trust in him. Because like or better than the children uh, at that time, the children of God at that time, they may have seen all the great things uh, and seen God in his glory in the pillar of cloud and fire. But we are blessed when we hear. Jesus says uh, to Thomas, do you believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Blessed are you when you hear what he has done for you. Blessed are you when you remember the washing of the water and God's word, when his name was placed upon you. Blessed are you when you partake of his body and his blood, strengthening you in faith. Blessed are you, for you have heard, and therefore you truly see. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.